Welcome to the She's Brave podcast, where I help women be brave and go after what they really want in life. I'm Tiffany, certified coach and counselor, here to help guide you on this journey. All right, guys. So today I have Nyla Weeb. Is Am I pronouncing your last name right? You are. I'm very impressed. Yes. Most <laughs> okay, people don't know like, how to say that if they're not from Canada. So good yes, job. <laughs> I, like, I should have asked that before we started recording, but I thought about it when we started. So I have Nyla on today and I really just love having women on and not only sharing their stories, but also sharing like what their missions are, what they're working on. And I just feel like everything's so connected um, with confidence, whether that's body confidence, your internal confidence or external confidence. So I just I'm really excited to have this conversation today. And so, yes, let's me have Nyla introduce herself. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, so I am I am the founder of Nutrition with Nyla. So I'm an online coach and I coach women over the phone and um, helping them heal their relationship with food, fitness and body image. So I don't work with people with active eating disorders, but more so like in late stage eating disorder recovery. And um, yeah, I have a diploma in food and nutrition and I went to health and life um, coaching a certification school and I have a bunch of like fitness instructor um, certifications. I taught Zumba for a while and I taught yoga. So I love to move and but I know that those healthy tools like movement and food, it can it can become an obsession and you can use a healthy thing in a really not healthy way. And so um, I just help people kind of find that balance that like what does balance mean for them in those areas of food? and fitness like what feels good for you and I coach from an intuitive eating perspective and an Enneagram perspective as well as a Christian perspective and intuitive eating it's not a diet it's all about observing your body and finding what foods make you feel the way you want to feel what movement is joyful for you and fits into your schedule and makes you feel the way you want to feel so it's not like I don't give my clients here's a plan that I give all my other clients it's like I just ask them questions and we kind of find a a a way a approach to wellness that feels good to them and that they're excited to live out each day. Yeah. I love the emphasis on what feels good to you because I feel like, especially when someone either wants to be more healthy or they are wanting to lose weight, then it becomes this daunting task where it's, there's all these like rules of, okay, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And I have to work out like every day. And it becomes this thing that you know, no one likes it. And they're like, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym and I don't want to diet and re- feel restrictive. So I really love the idea of having it be what you enjoy. Like that is something that is, if you want to make healthy and healthy lifestyle sustainable, it has to be something that you enjoy. So I love that. Yeah, it's putting the joy back into fitness or food or even just learning to look at your body with a joyful approach instead of like a critical approach. And um, I had an eating disorder in high school and university and I was anorexic for a while and I had some binge eating there too. And then it turned into orthorexia, which is an obsession with health. So I was I was not going to like friends weddings because I'm like, no, I need to go to the gym like I cannot skip my gym session. And it was like just this it was consuming my life and it wasn't enhancing my life anymore exercise and Mm -hmm. and nutritious eating it was actually hindering my life like my obsession with it so I 
I don't want people to be on either ends of those spectrums where I was not eating enough or eating too much with binge eating, but then being obsessed with eating like the perfectly healthy meal. And I just either one of those, like those scenarios were not happy to to live out. So I'm like, let's find a better way. Cause actually intuitive eating's helped me find that happy middle in between all of those. That's like, like you said, it's just, it's so much more joyful and you're going to keep it up if it's joyful. That's the key. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I love that. Um, before I go on a tangent, cause I was like, that made me think about something else and made me think <laughs> about something else and, and something else. Um, so today it kind of touches on a little bit about what we're going to talk about today and about embracing not only your unique personality, but embracing your unique body image as well. So tell me a little bit about um, your beliefs about owning your specific, you know, your personality and your unique traits. Yeah. So I coach through an Enneagram perspective because I find that when I know someone's um, personality, I can maybe tailor how I coach a little differently depending on how they might learn best or or the way that they might think want things reframed or, or language, even just changing the language based on what would resonate with their number or not. The Enneagram, it's a it's a personality test and there's nine numbers and it it kind of just helps you identify and be more self-aware of patterns in your life and help you be more a healthier version of your number. And um so for a long time um I like I'm an introvert and I thought being an introvert was bad because I just people would be like, oh, you don't talk very much or they just make these comments that made me feel like there's something wrong with me. And a lot of kids in my class were loud and I was I stood out because I wasn't loud and my family is quite a bit louder than me, too. And so I just you think that I'm different. So maybe different is wrong. And that just made me not have a lot of confidence in life because um I just felt like there was something wrong with me and um, kind of schools are set up too to like kind of praise the people, the kids who are a little more extroverted, they might get more attention because they're more talkative with the teachers or I don't know. Um, but yeah, then I read this book called Quiet a couple years ago and she was saying, she was identifying that you know what, there's actually strengths to an introvert and an extrovert, that one isn't above the other. And um, we need both a world of just extroverts would not be a good world. And a world of just introverts would not be a good world either. We need to, to balance, really balance each other out. And you can lead people differently if you're introvert, or you can lead people differently if you're an extrovert. And it's a beautiful thing. And um, so when I just read that book, it literally was life-changing and it just gave me permission to be okay with like, I don't always like to go out on a Friday night. I like to stay home, put on my pajamas, watch a movie with my husband. Like it's not my scene to go out to a loud party where other people that energizes them, but that would just deplete me. And I feel energized at home or like going for a walk in a quiet park, you know? So just giving yourself permission that the way you were made was on purpose for a purpose. So instead of like trying to just live like other people are and take on their personalities, because maybe society appraises certain personality traits above other ones, just own your personality and give yourself permission. Like this is a good personality to have, and I'm going to embrace it instead of trying to fight it to be something else. So yeah. And then the Enneagram, just learning like, hey, I was given this number for a reason and I'm going to try my best to be like the healthy version of that number. So I'm a three. So I've been just reading so much about threes and all the other numbers, too, because I coach clients on it. So I got to know all the different numbers. And 
you just really, when you dig into the Enneagram and research all the nine different types, you really start to see the beauty of all the different nine types and that one isn't better than the other. They're just, we need them all in the world. They have different things to contribute. And yeah, so I would really encourage someone if they're feeling like struggling to embrace their, whether they're introvert or extrovert or their personality type um, in the means of like the Enneagram, research all the different numbers and just read books or podcasts on it and you'll see the beauty in in diversity. And we don't, beauty isn't just one definition as the world will say in body types or personality. It's beauty can be found in different shapes and sizes and personalities. Yeah, I love all of this. So I love one that you customize your you, your unique, um, you customize how you work with your clients. So you figure out their Enneagram and then you make a customized plan of, okay, this is how we're going to work together moving forward. So I love that. And then like you said, like this is something I struggle with as well growing up. Like I am an introvert as well. And then I'm like, okay, so I don't have like this, like super huge group of friends. Like I really do not like going to like loud parties or like things that other people really enjoy. I just, I'm like, please, no, thank you. Like I just didn't like it. So I definitely relate because, um, yeah, growing up, I think the world just values extroverts and extroversion. And then we get into this idea that this is the way we should be and that everyone should be this way. And so, yeah, like you said, growing up, I was like, okay, well, is there something wrong with me? Maybe I should try to be more extroverted. And but then when I did those things, it's like, I didn't enjoy that. I wasn't doing what was true to me and it wasn't what made me happy. So it's like, I enjoy having a smaller group of friends and you know, really knowing them on a deeper level. And like you said, staying in and watching movies and getting like a, you know, cozy with the blankets and everything. I enjoy, I enjoy those things. So it's like, do the things that work best for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth noting that some people won't ever appreciate introverts. Um, I know like they, they won't get it, the beauty of different personalities. Like I know I was at a work event once when I was working at a school and there was some party that was going on over lunch hour. And I actually decided to just go to the quiet staff room and eat my lunch instead of going to the work party. Cause I had been working with students who had special needs all day and I was just exhausted. And I just, I need it all morning. And I was like, I just need my like alone time to recharge. And a lot of people working at that school were extroverted. And a lot of people came up to me after and they're like, why didn't you come? Like that was kind of not okay that you didn't come to that party that people put on for the staff. And so all that to say, like, even if other people aren't, aren't appreciating or aren't understanding what it's like to be an introvert or an extrovert, that's okay. Some people just won't get it. And that's okay. If you get it, if you understand your needs, like you do what you need to take care of yourself, like whatever self-care for an introvert is or an extrovert, you do that even if other people don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do what makes you happy and do what's going to be best for you in your own self-care and well-being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now what about body image? So, cause I, I, I think it's all connected is it's like a accepting of everything. So how does someone, let's say who is, they are not happy with their body size or would like to change something about themselves externally. How do you work with them in overcoming that? 
Well, I, we first start with that body image, like positive body image. We think like I'll have better body image if I change how my body looks, but it really starts with changing how you look at your body mentally. We want to change your thoughts towards your body, not necessarily your body shape. And I, some of the smallest women I know are the like most insecure in their body. And then sometimes the women in the largest bodies that I know are the most confident. And it shows then that body confidence, positive body image, it doesn't, it doesn't really have anything to do with your body, even though we sometimes believe the lie that if I just was smaller, I would feel better. I know like when I, I was deep in anorexia, I remember standing on the scale and there was a very small number and I felt I was so confused. I'm like, wait, I thought I was supposed to feel so much better in my body. Like I'm the smallest I've ever been. There's only two digits in this number. Like it's, it was so small. And I'm like, but I feel extra miserable. Like I feel worse because I physically wasn't nourishing my body. Like I physically felt bad, but I was just, I realized in that moment I had been lied to by society that smaller equaled happier. And now I'm just trying to spread that message that it's, it's nothing to do with your body. It's really about how you think about your body. So then we start, um, and give them tips and, um, like, this is one of my tips that I love actually. And it's crazy how much it works, but we do techniques like what body part do you not like? And like, why did someone tell you like that wasn't a good body part to look that way? Or like, where did those beliefs come from? We want to find the origin story of it. And then ask yourself, like, why did you trust that source, that magazine or that parent or, or sibling or teacher? Like, have they ever maybe not told you truth about a different area too? Like maybe their thoughts about the size of your thighs are, could also be wrong. But um, so say if your body part that you really don't love, that it's hard to, to look at even with a neutral mindset, give it a positive nickname. So if, if your thighs are like, um, you just have always associated it with bad things, give it a positive nickname. Like um, I know one woman had named her stomach like marshmallow because marshmallows made her joyful. She loved how sweet they were. They brought to mind camping trips or like you can see my mole here. And it's like my hard, hard to even look at neutral body part, if you will. And I named it raisin because I love raisins and it actually softens your gaze to that body part by giving it a, a happy name. And it doesn't have to be a food name. It could be Cindy. If Cindy was somebody in your life that was is a joyful name or something. So it sounds really silly, but I use techniques like that to just help them look at their body in a positive way or a neutral way. Because sometimes being positive about your body is too hard. So then I work towards like body neutrality and that's better than body hatred. Just getting to that point of like, meh, I don't really have too strong a feeling about it either way. So yeah, does that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, it does. And it actually, I love that it's, it doesn't have to be all positive because I think a lot of us can get into the mentality of, oh, I should feel positively about this, but having a neutral um, mindset towards it is helpful as well. And then really get into the root, like you said, like that is really the thing that's helpful. It sounds like is really get into the root of what those stories are that either the person has been told or that they believe or that society has told them so that they can have that joy or that, or just to not have that hatred about different parts of their body. Mm-hmm. And I think um, another way to feel better in your body is um, wear clothes that fit like when you mm-hmm. have you ever like left the house and you're like oh man this shirt is like not comfortable you're tugging it and you're like or maybe you're like man so much cleavage is showing and I didn't mean to like I didn't realize it was that low you're 
nothing is going to make more of a hard body image day than wearing uncomfortable clothing. So wear comfortable clothing and that alone, that technique, like looser clothing, if you're feeling bloated from your period or just clothes that fit, clothes that you like the look of. And you can go to a secondhand store if you don't want to spend a lot of money either and find good things. But that that's like such a quick tip to make you feel better. When you physically feel better, you're going to feel better about your body image. It's, it's, um, it's amazing, actually. Yeah. And that's an important thing, too, because sometimes we wear clothes that don't fit. We're like, we should be this size. And then it's like, no, like the thing that has to change are the clothes, not yeah. the body. You know, yes, you can be healthier if you have a goal of losing weight in a healthy way. Yes. But wear things that you feel good in, because I have those days, too, where it's like, OK, why did I wear these pants? Like they just they're just not right. The button is too tight and I'm just uncomfortable all day and I just don't feel my best. And it's just like and it's something that I carry throughout the, the full day. So it's like when you do when you dress well and you feel good, then that translates to how you're going to show up throughout the day. Hmm. And I think it's worth knowing, like the society gets it wrong. They're like, there's an ideal body type to have. And if you're not that way, you're not beautiful. And just to acknowledge society does lie to us in these messagings that we get in magazines and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So sometimes you might have to go through like a grieving process of like really allowing yourself to maybe be sad that you won't be the world's quote unquote, like ideal body type, but then to be like, it's just a process and allow yourself to express like, Oh, like I, for all the, all my life, like I've been told that's the best body type to have, whatever it may be at the time. Cause the ideal body type changes, which, so, um, it's, it's based on opinion. It's, it's, it's really silly, but I think that can be helpful. Just having that emotional, like release of like, okay, I'm not going to be that ideal size, but that's okay because that size might not have felt good in my body. And also that's not, not the only way to be beautiful. It's just, it's their narrow definition of what's a beautiful body. And it's kind of a dumb definition because beauty is, is diverse. It's just like the weather seasons, like winter is beautiful, but so is fall and summer, but for different reasons, they look very different, but they're both beautiful. So I think that can be helpful to reframe it like that as well. Yeah, it's all about, it sounds like giving yourself those options, not only, but it's like this one thing doesn't have to be all there is. Like there's different options, every body image, every personality, everything, they're all different, but they're all beautiful in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it might take some time to get that in your mind though. You might have to speak that over yourself. I love the phrase different isn't worse. I know in my healing, my body image over the years, I spoke that over myself quite often. Different doesn't mean worse because you, I don't know. So that might be helpful for one of your listeners to just borrow that phrase and just speak that truth over yourself and speak it over and over. And we believe what we speak over ourselves. Mm-hmm. So one day you will believe that even if you don't maybe in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So to go back to like owning your own personality and your unique traits, um, what has been like helpful for your clients or something that might be helpful for the listeners? Yeah. uh, So it's really helpful when my clients come to me and they already know their Enneagram, then we don't have to spend time trying to figure that out because that's a that's not like a 30 minute thing that can some people take a couple years trying to find out their Enneagram number. So um, the best way is to do like an online test and then study your top three results and just like really dive into it. And um, I think you just when you research the personalities, like I said, you're going to see the beauty in them. And um, 
I kind of lost my train of thought. I get so excited about the per- personality question. Can you tell me again what the question was? <laughs> what um what things are helpful for people who are wanting to embrace their personality or like right. things that have been helpful for your clients? Right. We get again, yeah, like we research the Enneagram, um, their number, and we find out the the strength of it. Like what does it contribute to the world? What positive aspects does it have that's actually unique that maybe the other personality types don't have and just to, to see unique is not um, a bad thing like it's rare it's unique it's um, it, yeah and just it's not weird because we so often when we don't feel the same as others around us we reframe it as weird or wrong but you you see this at, it's it's unique it's a good thing and I would um, yeah there's nine different types so um, I would recommend um, there's a book, The Road Back to You, and you could probably get it at your library. It's by, uh, what's his last name? Ian something Cron, I think is his last name. And it's a good one. And it will, it is, it's a good place to start with the Enneagram. And there's probably going to be a number in there where you read it and you're like, whoa, who stole my diary? Like, that sounds just like me. Like someone just saw into my soul and I've never met this author. And they're speaking about thoughts that maybe you've never verbalized or like fears you've had or a belief you've, a lie maybe you've been believing for a long time. And there's going to be one that you resonate with the more you dig into the nine different types. And that is where I would start and that's where I start with my clients if they don't know is um is try research trying to find your number that way but um I think it it just gives you more compassion too like I work with one four and she was feeling like an Enneagram four and she was really really frustrated that she was just feeling so emotional and a four is very an emotional um a person and I just helped her understand her number more and she had more grace for herself because she's like oh like that's why I'm approaching this situation that way because I'm wired that way and it kind of can take the frustration out and the like what's wrong with me it's not affecting anybody else this way and it's just like wait that's the way I was made and um, it's not a bad thing I just have to learn how to use these strengths and weaknesses or grow in my weaknesses and use my strengths and I, I explain it like a superhero you know when you're watching the movie and some superhero gets a power for the first time and they're like they're using it really wonky they don't know how to control it so you just yeah. want to learn how to use your superpower your Enneagram number in a way that's positive and it might take some like some figuring out just like those superheroes kind of like Sometimes they're like crazy when they first accidentally get a superpower. I don't know. Does that analogy kind of help? Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about the Enneagram? Like, it sounds so interesting. And I'm wondering, I'll ask that later. But yeah, because I wonder how different it is from like Myers-Briggs and and all of that. So could you tell me a little bit about like, because you said there's nine different. Yeah, there's there's nine and they all have, it's based on motivation, not not behavior. So Mm -hmm. like if if nine people were in an elevator and it stopped, they might all, some of them might do the same thing, but it wouldn't be for the same motivation. So that's the key for identifying your number is what was your core motivation for what you did. So not necessarily your behavior. So like as a three, my core motivation in life is to, is to appear successful to others. So when I look back at my business choices or different choices over the years, it's like, Oh, yeah, like I was doing that to appear successful in the eyes of the people around me. Whereas a nine is very like peaceful motivated. They want to keep the peace around them, but also within them. And so they're making choices just to like 
not rock the boat, like keep the peace. And again, there's healthy versions and unhealthy versions of your number. And you might be healthy in one area and maybe not healthy in another, but a one is very concerned with like justice and they want to, they want to do the right thing. And so they're motivated by like that justice piece. And um, I'm kind of, I don't know why I went to like three and then nine. I did, I could have done it in order. This is kind of like wonky, but, (laughs) Um, and then a two is they're they're called the helper and they're very motivated to, um, to help people. And, because they kind of sometimes can believe like, if I don't help someone, then I can't be loved. So they are believing that lie and every number has a lie that they're believing and they need to speak truth over so that they're not believing that about themselves. And um, I went over the three already of four. They're very, um, like I said, they're very emotional and they're trying to like, um, you know, what? I can't actually remember the motivation of a four, but they are very emotional beings. And um, you know, they, they want to be unique. And if they don't see themselves as unique, they, they're like, oh no, like there's something very wrong with me. Like uniqueness Mm -hmm. to them is so important and creativity. And if they can't find that, they, they feel like there's this fatal thing wrong with them. And, um, yeah. And then the five, they're very like, they love to, um, they love it's so hard like you could do like a whole podcast like a whole podcast on each number it's so I'm like where do I go like how do I condense this but um they're very much so about like investigating things finding research and a lot of introverts are fives but it doesn't mean that an extrovert can't be and a six is um very motivated by security and they um I guess the five is like motivated by knowledge I do believe they want more knowledge to make decisions and um to be empowered and a six um if I'm remembering correctly, because I'm not a certified Enneagram coach. I'm looking into becoming it, but I've done like a lot of research on my own. So if someone's listening and they're like, Nyla said that wrong, (laughs) I possibly could say something wrong. So I'm not a professional. I just, it's a hobby that I I, I really do love. But yeah, the six is very like motivated by security. And so they want to like be secure in their relationships and, and their uh, finances. So um, they're going to, filter their decisions through that motivation and a seven is motivated by joy like what's fun they're gonna pick the what's fun um decision and then an eight is very um they don't want to be controlled they're those people who like say in life what everyone's thinking but didn't have the guts to say like they're very blunt and I used to get annoyed when I was around eights I'm like they're so rude like why why did they say it that way that's so insensitive and now I'm learning like they're giving what they appreciate they don't appreciate sugarcoating so they're not giving it they're treating people how they like to be treated and so it can help you digging into the Enneagram it can help you not be annoyed with different personalities it makes you see the beauty in yours but also the other and then the nine uh, we I guess we said that the peacemaker but yeah there's so much I could say about every number, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. So they, again, like, um, the one and the three, they're both perfectionists, like, but again, their motivation for wanting to be perfect is different. And so, yeah, I don't know. Does that give you a little bit of overview? Yeah. Yeah. About, yeah. yeah. That's really helpful too. So it's not really, it sounds like a personality test in a way, but it, it's, it's more geared on motivation, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. understand your motivation. So I would say, okay, so that's how it's different from like the Myers-Briggs. Because I know like I hear a lot about like the um, different personality, like letters or, you know, introvert, extrovert, you know, or if you're um, what do you have, the sensing or feeling or thinking or feeling. I can always get them kind of like mixed up, but okay. Okay. So it sounds like all of this is just information to understand yourself better and like what your motivation is and not only that, but then your strengths and weaknesses as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like a core message that every, every number wants spoken over them. So when you identify that you can like have speak it over yourself often. Like for me, I often tie the lie I believe is that my worth is tied to my productivity as a three. So I have to speak that over myself. Like, no, you just have worth because you're a human. If you don't do anything today on your to-do list that didn't change your worth. Like, so when you identify your, your core, like message that you need speaking over and spoken over you to counter the lie that you default believe Mm -hmm. that is so empowering as well. Yeah. So if someone wanted to do this, um, would they just get the book that you mentioned or is there like an assessment that they complete or. Yeah, there's a couple of like free assessments online. I can send you the link for one if you'd like to include it in the show notes or whatever, but you can just Google like free Enneagram assessment and there should be some tests that come up. But again, don't just because it said like, oh, I'm a nine doesn't necessarily mean you're a nine. It's really good to like it actually said I was a two when I did an online test and I read the two and I'm like, yeah, like that does sound like me. But when I dug into it more and when I came to the three, I'm like, that is so much more me that that so resonates with me. Um, There's even songs. People have made songs about the Enneagram and you can find them on YouTube. And when I heard the three song, I started crying because I finally felt understood. Like there's people like me, I'm not alone. And so when you just have that emotional response to it, like when it really resonates with you, um, you'll know that's your number, but you can start um, with a, with a free assessment online, but don't stop there. Cause it, it uh, you'll want to keep researching and it's don't rush it. It's um, you don't have to rush. It's, it's an adventure. And if it takes a couple months, a couple years, like that's okay for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like I feel like I love learning more about myself and learning more about like how I show show up in the world and like what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are. And I think all of that information, like I feel like the more you can learn about yourself, the better. Like I just I am a big advocate of, of really understanding yourself and not only understanding yourself, but loving all parts of you like even the parts that may you may perceive as weaknesses because at at some point in our lives we all feel like oh well I shouldn't be this way or I should improve on my weaknesses and I think that one big thing that has been helpful is to recognize that I have both and and to really embrace both and then if I you know not to say don't work on your weaknesses or try to improve as a person but just giving yourself some compassion and grace for those things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're weak, it allows for someone else to showcase their strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing too. And I, I, my husband is an Enneagram six and there's areas that I'm really weak in as a three. And again, I'm trying to work on those areas, but he's really strong in some of those areas. And so it's this beautiful, um, just allowing him to be strong in that area in our marriage. And if you're married, dig into the Enneagram, like it'll change your marriage when you finally like it, instead of like trying, like for a long time, I was trying to change my husband, but then I realized, no, the key is to understand him. Cause I see life as if I'm wearing a pair of glasses. Well, I am wearing glasses, but like with (laughs) threes on the lenses and he's wearing glasses with a six lens and seeing the world that way. And the Enneagram helps you realize like, wow, everybody does not experience life as me, as Nyla, as a three. And it is just, it'll rock your world in a really good way. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we we do believe that like, oh, everyone must think like I do or, you know, or or be they should be more like me. And I think there is beauty in appreciating everything, like you said. So appreciating the other person's personality, appreciating all parts of you, appreciating your body size, even though it may not be the ideal body size. 
But yes, it's appreciating who you are and really showing that to the world. I feel like that's where the beauty is. Mm-hmm. And it'll show you, the Enneagram will show you how to interact with coworkers or if you're a business owner and you have people working under you, it'll help you interact and just know how to have positive interactions with these different personalities. And I wanted a dog for a really long time. And I just kept asking my husband, like, can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? I just want one. It'll bring me so much joy. And then I finally, I was learning about the Enneagram and I'm like, this is the wrong approach for a six. Like he values research. When he gets something on Amazon, he'll read the 8,000 reviews on Amazon. And so I'm like, I need to do research. So I literally made a little like presentation for him and I got all the financial stats, like how much it would cost for a dog and all these things. So when you know what a certain personality values, you can interact with them in a positive way and event and shortly after I created that little um, stack of notes with all my research on a dog and how it would benefit us and and how we could afford it and stuff like that he's like okay we can get a dog but before when I was trying to approach it as just like a three talking to a three it wasn't working so approach talking to a six or an eight or a nine how they how they would maybe appreciate or actually hear you what you're saying a bit better does that make sense when you say it like that yeah. And it, I, I love that it's it's appreciating the person for who they are, like mm-hmm. not trying to change them, not saying that they're because they are different, that it's wrong. It's, it's giving that to them and giving that to yourself. I love yeah. that. Yeah, they don't have to be like you and you don't have to be like them for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So I really love this conversation about um, personality and body type and, and everything. And um, any last thing that you want to leave with? with the audience um, before, of course, so, you know, you can, you know, anything you want to leave or any information, like how can people find you all of that? Yeah. Uh, well, they can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out most at nutrition with Nyla. I'm there active in the stories and I post um, there a couple times a week, but I think the last thing I just want to share is that like, there's no wrong way to have a body and the world will tell us that there is wrong ways to have bodies, but there's no wrong way to have a body and every body is a good body and worthy of loving words spoken to it. It's worthy of self-care. It's worthy of love. It has worth. You don't have to earn your worth by looking a certain way. And so just, yeah, everybody is a good body. Now you don't have to change your body to have a good body. The one you have right now, while you're listening to this podcast, it's beautiful. It is good enough. It is of worth and it is lovable. And um, yeah, I just want to leave that. Like yes, your listeners. that's such a powerful message to leave the audience with. I love that. Yes. So thank you so much, Nyla, for coming on. Like, this has been amazing. And I, I know you're doing such great things with your clients. I can't wait to, like, you know, learn more about the Enneagram, learn more about what you're doing. And it has been great. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me.